0: Are you ready, Mindy?
1: Yeah.
0: Are you ready, Amber? I'm ready. Let's do it. This is episode 71 of the EdTech Takeout from Grantwood AEA. My name is Jonathan Wiley, and I'm joined by two of my favorite people today. First up, Mindy Kearney.
2: Ooh, does that mean I'm your favorite person, or...? You didn't listen how that was phrased, oh, did yeah. you? Mm-hmm. You're
0: not two of my favorite okay. people.
2: That's fine. Also, Amber Bridge. Hey. Back, ready for the attack.
1: Can't wait. Mm-hmm. As always. Yeah.
0: Back for the what?
2: Back for the attack. Back and attack. They rhyme. <whistles> okay.
0: Hey, this is the first episode of 2020. Is it? Yeah, Is it? We, we had an extended break over Christmas and New Year, and all
2: right, yeah, great. Right.
0: Made some life choices.
2: Yeah, we did. We had to have a little talk. I thought you were breaking up with me. It's fine. Yeah, here we are well,
0: <laughs> in negotiations.
2: I'm glad you guys uh, made it
1: through to the other side of couples counseling for podcasting yeah. people. Yep, yeah,
0: yeah, we made it. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. All right. So news and follow up. Mhm. This was new um just in the last 2 weeks I think is Screencastify kind of changed their free version, right? Yes. So now you get unlimited videos in Screencastify, but they can only be 5 minutes long. Correct. How do we feel about that? Is this a is this better or not? I really? think
1: there's going to be people that are sad.
2: I think so too.
1: But In the scheme of things, Mm -hmm. if I'm scrolling through YouTube and I'm looking for a video to watch on something, if it is more than five minutes, I'm I'm not going to watch it. Yeah, me
2: too.
1: So I wonder and hope that that could be a good thing for people to think about the message that they're sharing out there Mm -hmm. and compact it and make it important.
0: And as someone that just taught a screencasting class, I like there's a couple of extra things they do on there too. You can now export as an MP4. Because before it was like a WebM file oh, or something, yeah, wasn't it? Was. it?
2: Yeah, yeah. And that
0: was kind of weird if you ever brought it into a video editor yes. or something else, because mm-hmm. it didn't quite work. Yeah. And so you can do MP4s, you can do GIFs, GIFs as well Ooh, now. Like
2: that, like that. Oh, I didn't. I must have missed that. I didn't and you know that. And you don't
0: get a watermark either.
2: Uh, well, I don't so, really care about a watermark, but I yeah. do like the idea of a GIF and that it's still free. It's still free, right? Right. Yes.
0: Their blog post said faster, funner. Freer.
2: Funner? Funner. free, And it's freer. (laughs) It's kind of hard to say. That's good.
0: So, yeah, I think so.
2: Yeah, I think so, too. I think if anything, kind of like what Amber said, it's important to really focus on what your message is for that five minutes. But also, no one wants to watch a video that's longer than five minutes. So if you have a concept that takes longer than that, find a way to chunk it so that kids can rewatch the chunk that they need and not have to, you know... Look for through a 15-minute video.
1: No one wants to watch that. No one. No one's Mm -mm. going to watch it.
2: Mm -mm. Stop. Yep. Stop it. Okay. Also, Seesaw updates. Yay. So we're recording these before they're actually out in the world. But they are going to be brand new in the next couple of days. Um, old updates that maybe you missed the ability to pan and zoom. So you can um, zoom in on an image or something like that. So students could write smaller to fit in more information and then pan back out, which is kind of nice. It reminds me a little bit of what was that one Mm, tool that I see? Yep, that one. Um, So that's kind of nice. Also, now you can annotate on PDFs, which was new, it used to be just that you could do JPEGs, but now you can do PDFs. Mm. Um, so okay.
0: that's yeah. good.
2: it was, a, it caused, I think, a lot of confusion, confusion for people. Cause they're like, why can't I annotate on this? Well, because it's a PDF. So that's good. Um, in the paid version of Seesaw, um, there was a draft possibility. So kids could hit draft. So they didn't post it until it was done, which was a really, um, big update. Now teachers can send back a draft to students for improvements oh yeah also only in the paid version okay um however a couple things to think about if you are using this with your students is if you are providing feedback in the comments those comments will still be posted when the work is complete so if you don't want the whole class reading it make sure you're careful about what you're saying and how you're saying it as you should always do, anyway. Um, also, it cannot be done with um, classes that are set with shared device settings. So it has to be one to one or Google sign in. If you're a Seesaw user, that makes sense to you. Um, and also, they cleaned up labels.
0: Define cleaned up labels.
2: Um, it used to be kind of it would take up more space on the screen. Now they have like a um, like an expand button. So it's got three little dots. You click on that, and all the tools pop up. Where before, all of the tools and labels were visible. So it took up more space in your screen, maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The other thing I thought was interesting in the webinar is they're talking about how it's important that you disclose you are a Seesaw ambassador. I am a Seesaw ambassador, which means I get um, Seesaw Plus for free. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. We did
0: talk about this. I think on the podcast before Mm -hmm. the holidays that um, the FTC, was it, are becoming a little stricter with... People who represent themselves on social media mm. and uh, represent Influencers. certain. Influencers. Yes. Is that what you are?
1: That, that's oh. what they call it. <laughs>
0: People who represent a brand. and right. Yes. Yep. So there you go. Full disclosure.
1: Yeah. Uh-huh. It's kind of nice to see you go full circle on that because you had on your desk a 3D printed 15. Seesaw ambassador, yeah. unofficial.
2: Self-proclaimed. Self-proclaimed. That's what yeah. it was. And now you are. And now look at me, the influencer that I am. Mean goals. Yeah. Top of my field. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: Also, new. <laughs> uh, well, not news per se, but the right. originality reports for Google Classroom are officially out of beta. So, mm-hmm. everybody should have access to those now. And we'll just say it one more time because we've said it a lot of times already. Yep. Remember, you can only have three free three per, per three. class. And mm-hmm. thinking the beta, you could have as many as you want. So, you're
2: playing with it, right? Yep. Yeah.
0: But it's now out of beta. So, it's three for free. And if you want more, you have to. Have Purchase Google inter- Education,
2: education enterprise? enterprise
0: or whatever that's I called. I don't know. We
2: have no idea what mm. that means, but yeah, It's mm. something.
1: It's something. I always like it when Do the Google is that? just free.
2: Yeah, yeah. It used to be that way. Hmm. I don't really know what the inter- Education Enterprise thing I don't is. Either. Yeah, we kind of talked our way around it for a while. We don't know. Okay, continue. What else we got? Oh yeah.
0: I saw this um, on the Twitters, and I mm-hmm. thought it might be worth mentioning because it's kind of a fun thing to do. It's uh, the New York Times are having their seventh annual fifteen second vocabulary video challenge.
2: Yeah, I like it's that. Quite immersive, I do too.
0: Um, and you've maybe seen things in the past like those, like the five word stories and things like that that you create with video. Yeah. So uh, this one was new to me. Apparently, they've been doing it for six years previously, but um, it runs until February eleventh. And what you do is you select any word from their list of 2,000 words because they do this word of the day thing. Mm-hmm. and you have to create a 15 second or shorter video that defines or teaches the word. You have to make sure you pronounce the word aloud, define it, give it a part of speech, and then have the teacher upload that video to YouTube or do it yourself if you're old enough. but
2: oh boy YouTube.
0: Oh boy, YouTube that's <laughs> to you later. Yeah. <laughs> So there you go. I think maybe a fun thing to do. You're thinking about maybe just a short creative video challenge. Mm-hmm. I like that it's limited to 15 seconds. Yeah, me too. Encourages creativity.
2: It does
1: absolutely. Because if you can't figure it out in that short of time, yeah, you know, nobody's not gonna not. watch it. That's yeah. Right. <laughs> So now they should go down to 15 seconds.
2: Yeah. Uh, oh my no, gosh, definitely, definitely not. Them.
0: I feel like it's the digital version of those posters you see in school bathrooms now. Have you seen those? No. Tell,
1: tell us more. more. Say more words. Bathroom. <laughs> bathroom learning. Bathroom learning. What say is more. that? Say more about this.
0: I've been to a number of schools. <laughs> okay. Use their bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> use their bathroom facilities. Yes. And while I've been in there, there's been like a poster on the wall that says um, a vocabulary word, oh. a definition, yeah. and you know how to use it in a sentence. And sure. so while you're there taking care of business, you get to be educated with some vocabulary as well. But
2: there's just no break from learning.
0: Apparently not. <laughs>
2: Interesting. Yeah. Thanks for sharing
0: that. Well, swiftly moving on. Yeah.
2: Um, you know what? Immersive Reader is probably one of my new favorite tools.
0: I'm glad to hear you say that, Mindy.
2: Yeah. There's very few things. I don't know. Maybe I'm just becoming cynical, but very few things in ed tech that get me super excited. And I really think that Immersive Reader is um, one of those things to get excited about. How, new integrations.
0: Yeah. Well, tell us All about the them. tools
2: that I don't use mm-hmm. and don't know much about.
0: Six new partners.
2: Yeah. So... Vocabulary. Mm-hmm. What's, this one. What's this? What's this? Haldor. What is this?
0: Um, Do you know? Well, I'm looking I'm here because I, I linked it and I had to go and see oh, here. So
2: right. I don't know what this is.
0: Um
2: oh, Microsoft mm. Teams. Good job, Microsoft. Um, Helper bird.
0: Yes. Do we know anything about Helperbird?
2: What's this?
0: Helperbird is a browser extension that gives you features such as dyslexia fonts, mm -hmm. changes the font and the background color, does text-to-speech overlays, dyslexia rulers. So it's an accessibility type of tool.
1: But it does have a pricing thing up here? Oh, it does,
2: huh?
0: Not free, but yeah, yeah, if you happen to be using it already, you can also use Immersive Reader, too. it's something that's integrated into a
2: paid product. Okay. It's learning, which is an LMS thing. Correct. Um, KidBlog. And Pear Deck. Yeah. So some new integrations there. I'm interested to see. So the kid blog thing is interesting to me, how Immersive Reader is built into KidBlog. So is it just if you go to KidBlog, like published blogs, it will read them to you, I wonder?
0: That would be my guess. That yeah, it's built right? into blog posts that hmm. the students are writing, but I haven't seen it yet.
2: Um, and then, of course, Wakelet and Flipgrid, which we've talked about. Mm-hmm. And the new Office Lens app for iOS and Android can scan, type text, and then read it aloud with immersive reader.
0: Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. I saw yeah, that on cool. online where you can like, if you only have like a like a worksheet or something right. or a, a textbook, you need to you know have read aloud. It's mm-hmm. just does that OCR scanning and yeah, we'll throw it into immersive reader for you.
2: Yeah, um, I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. And I know like we don't we don't have a lot of schools that are using Microsoft products, but this is just an app that you can download, right? I mean, you don't have to, I don't know, you have to sign into it, Office Lens.
0: You might need to sign into a Microsoft account, but I would guess you could have some generic one that everybody could just, you know, use.
2: Well, and it's, I mean, it's free to have a Microsoft account. Yeah. My kids have Microsoft accounts. Okay. You need to be able to log into Minecraft.
0: Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah.
2: Um, And then also today, or yesterday, I saw there are book creator updates. They claim there were 230 there's not, really.
0: Well, it just depends on kind how you of. define it, yes. I feel
2: like they're overselling. However, but that's just me, once again, being cynical, um, that now they um, their dictation supports 120 languages. So that's a lot of... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, they also now have added captions to video and adding transcripts to audio recordings. Um, navigate using your keyboard... And improved color contrast. So some things.
0: Some good things. Yeah, some Mm -hmm. good
2: things. I, You know what? I probably before this podcast should have looked in to see. I never remember what the pricing is behind Book Creator. I think you get like a couple for free on your class bookshelf and then after that you have to pay. But Mm -hmm. I know lots of people use Book Creator. We just don't have a lot of schools that do it. Correct. Yeah, but... We should Sometimes change stuff. that, maybe. Mm, yeah. No, start, you know what? If we, if they start would show us... it to more people, yeah. well, maybe. But I mean, yeah, yep, But then we'd have tool. to maybe
0: explain we were book creator ambassadors, yeah, right. and uh, the right. you know the perks that come associated with that.
2: Right. If we could get discounted pricing through the agency or the AAs, maybe pe- more people would use it.
0: Yeah, yeah. they could well do. All right, so that's it.
2: That's it. That's it. List complete. Check. <laughs> Up next, Serve to You Piping Hot, main course, YouTube is changing? Ch-ch-changing. Oh, good one. I don't know. Kind yeah. of liven this
1: up.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we brought you on, Amber. Yeah, right. Mm.
2: So I can't remember really how much of the YouTube changing we've talked about. We talked about the last time I think you were on, which was when we talked about flipped learning or flipped classrooms. Did we talk
1: about we ta- it? I mean, we did just we brush like, that like, under the rug? Is, yeah. We, we kinda
2: like, hinted under- at yeah. it. Yeah. So um because I can't remember exactly what was said, a couple of things um with YouTube that is changing is that um previously you could have a branded account within your education domain which I don't really know what that means and we don't really I don't know I mean it's
0: To be fair I don't really think anybody really knew why right? they had they branded accounts it, right? or what they got it for but it was useful because you could have multiple like managers right. on like as maybe a school YouTube account being right. a brand account or something like that so
2: Right. Well now
0: now you can't You, cannot. you can't. Or at least in an EDU domain, you cannot. Right. I wonder
2: if in the enterprise account you can. Hmm. Maybe. Or,
0: I mean, no, I presume no. like even just with a Gmail account, you can.
2: Um. Okay, so those no longer exist.
0: Yes, that's not real news per right. se, but that's just like, that's part of the things right. that are going on here and part of the discussion we're going to have. Right,
2: it's just kind of like the background knowledge. So you might have had a branded account and received an email that said your account is going to be erased or deleted. And so um, you could have filed for an extension, which I think is up in July. Is that right?
0: You could have filed for an extension. That
2: started. So you're in extension period time. Right now. So Mm -hmm. if you haven't already kind of come up with a solution... Your time is starting to dwindle away here. Um, and so that's where our conversation kind of started. Also, um, because of some YouTube mm, privacy concerns?
0: Concerns, I was going to say. I sued. Yes. YouTube got sued. Got sued.
2: Legislation. Well, yes. no, they did
0: not get sued. <laughs> they didn't
2: they no. get sued. The
0: they pe- got
2: fined. P- yeah. There was a
0: complaint made to the Federal Trade Commission right. about some of the ways that YouTube handles... Data mm-hmm. and it right. is in breach of COPPA because it's technically collecting data from un- kids under 13. 13. Yes, right. And serving personalized ads against those users. Mm-hmm. Um, and YouTube was just kind of probably turning a blind eye to that, yeah. really. Yeah, and they were. Not really doing much we're about like, that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. We'll, just, we'll deal with that know, if yeah. it comes up.
2: We'll ask for forgiveness, not and it, for permission. And
0: it came up, so now they Good had to, to deal me. with it. <laughs>
2: So, because of that, they've created a new video setting inside um, YouTube. Actually, two, I guess. One is made for kids. One is, actually, I think there's three. Because it's, like, made for kids, not made for kids. And then, like, a...
0: General audience. General. Is that that one? Uh, no.
2: there. Yeah. Well, so, they've talked about doing a mixed
1: audience setting. But I don't think it's there yet. No. no. Okay. Not that um, I've seen, it anyway. They put in a request for that is one thing that I've read. But yes. that has not been approved at this point.
2: Okay. Um... So when you are um, creating videos, you have to choose right. one of those. And any videos that you have, YouTube probably has gone through your videos and already put a setting on that. Yeah, they're the using that have or Yeah, the yeah. AI
1: to determine through all of their little marks if it is content that's made for kids, mm-hmm. and you have to decide as the YouTube user if you're going to do that per video. Or set it at your channel setting. And so you could either change those at your channel, which means you don't ever have to worry about that again. They're all going to be marked with the default of whichever you choose. Mm -hmm. Or go in video by video and mark it, which is really not that big of a deal because it's in the upload process. Like right there on the first page, you just choose if it's content made for kids or not. Mm -hmm.
2: Right. Which I guess where Amber and I's um, problem ran into is with Think, Make, Innovate, We make all of this content for schools and for kids, Um, and so we kind of had to really have some serious discussions about what are we going to do because we didn't – so some of the um, issues with having just content for kids is that, from what we understood, it wasn't going to be searchable. Right. Like, you weren't going to be able to put in – like a video content idea and have one of our made for kids videos pop up. Absolutely. So why would we put anything out there if people can't actually find it? Um, Because YouTube searches like the, biggest search there is in the world right Absolutely. like everybody's using it so um and the other thing that we read about what we still haven't seen is that you couldn't put those videos into a playlist right
0: so that is official um i put this on the notes down here actually oh, you some did? of the things that you cannot do when you set your audience as made for kids you can't save to a playlist you can't save to watch later mm-hmm. you can't have any comments right And because comments require you to have a YouTube account, which requires you to be 13. So if you're made for kids and you You shouldn't be commenting. uh, Yeah, I think it's that sort of thing. And then you can have cards and end screen that won't also play on your home screen on your Mm -hmm. channel. Um, Yeah. Notification bell. There's all kinds of little things.
2: So interestingly enough, though, is that I have put our videos that are marked made for kids on our playlist and it's working. So that's why so I don't, I don't mm-hmm. know if that's still something that's coming and isn't really being, because the option is still there for you to do it even. So I don't really know, but that was an issue for us. And so um, we really needed to take a look at what we were doing and how we were, um, what settings we were using to make sure that the stuff that was being done by our teachers and our students could be shared.
1: Yeah. I mean, and it's a good time to revisit Think Make Innovate, right. too. I mean, right. we've kind I think this is our fifth year of doing makerspace challenges and mm-hmm. sharing them out through YouTube. When we started Think Make Innovate, it was about first just let's share some makerspace challenges to give people ideas in a much broader sense that we could by going sure. school to school to school. And then we're like, hey, These kids are really awesome. We should highlight and show these student makers. Mm -hmm. And so kind of having the two parts to our episode of the makerspace challenge that we introduce and then showcasing the student makers has been a nice compliment and also to really shine a spotlight on our area schools and show how awesome some of the work that's going on in there is. Mm -hmm. I mean, we want to try to help tell those stories as much as we can in our role. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's a good time to revisit it and kind of think about, well, we want people to find the challenges. We know that that part of the student makers is going to get dinged Mm -hmm. as being made for kids. Right. So that was kind of uh, spurred us to change it up a little bit right so
2: if you are if you haven't been to think make innovate you um, can find us on the dlgwaa.org and then you go under which one is it it's under
1: think I believe under think which makes sense yeah under (laughs)
2: um, the think Make, and then you'll see think make innovate so you can find all of our episodes there you can find us on YouTube if you search for think make innovate you should be able to find us Twitter hashtag have fun making all of this stuff is there um but so the thing we had to think about um was how we were going to separate those things out so we do now have short videos that are just about the challenge Themselves. Yeah, geared for
1: teachers. Right. To learn about the challenge, think about how you would present it to your class, um, and kind of go through the context of it, really. Mm -hmm. And then in the video notes for that introduction, we'll have a link
2: to the student makers that were a part of that challenge. Right. And those videos are marked for kids because they have kids in them. um, And so those had to be marked for kids. So hopefully, we've kind of created a trail of what our original video was with the idea with the kids. We just created a little digital trail. Like, just come over to this video now and see what the students are doing. So it took a lot of thinking. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. We're not really sure yet if it's going to (laughs) work. I don't know. We've just – it's only a month in. This Literally the first video. Yeah, Yeah. So,
0: And I feel like YouTube may have, like – a period of time where they are, you know, forgiving certain things while people are still working out. Is this made for kids or not made for kids or right. not? But. Um. Yeah, they do have some pretty severe-sounding language if you look into it. It's yeah. like, as a creator, you know your videos and your audience best, but it is your legal responsibility to comply with COPPA. Mm-hmm. And if you fail to categorize your content correctly, there may be consequences on YouTube. There may be legal consequences under the Child Online Privacy Protection Act or other applicable local laws.
1: Which, And if you read into some of those, like, can be like a 40 some thousand dollar fine per video i just yeah, right I, I went down a rabbit hole of trying to understand all of yeah. the parts of this and holy buckets it's a lot to process like yeah. i need one of those charts they used to make like a long like time a flow ago chart? like
2: a flowchart. no like oh. made
1: for kids you can do this x <laughs> you can't do this <laughs> you know what i'm saying like on <laughs> yes. a playlist nope nope Mm-mm. Yeah. Things like that.
0: So I guess I was going to ask you two this question because you did a lot of the digging into what is made for kids type content and what mm-hmm. is general audience or not made for kids or whatever the third option was. But let's say you're a classroom teacher mm-hmm. and you're using Screencastify to make these kind of videos for your students. That's most of your content maybe or maybe you're sharing some student videos and mm-hmm. things. Is that, that's, is that a made-for-kids scenario?
1: So I think you have to think about one thing, the age of your students. Right. Because they're ca- they're capping it at 13, right, right. Mm-hmm. is what they're saying. Yep. So if you're a teacher above 13 years, kids... You don't have to worry about I it. I don't think you need to worry about it. I don't think so either. I mean, the other layer to this that when you get on this path that people get all worked up about is the monetization of it. Right. And we don't yeah. monetize anything. And right. I don't think teachers are monetizing their accounts either. Right. And so... That's really where the downfall or the pitfall, I think, is. But Mm -hmm. I feel like there's still some of that that impacts us, too. But I think that age of the kids is the first thing you have to ask yourself. Because the very first thing on their list is subject matter of the video. So if it you're creating educational content for preschoolers, and that's the example they're using, Mm -hmm. it needs to be marked as made for kids. Mm -hmm.
0: So you say they they don't need to worry about it as much if they teach older kids, but they they still need to pick... Either made for kids or not made for kids, don't they? Yeah. You still still have to choose. It's it's on the upload screen now, isn't it, when you upload videos into YouTube?
2: Well, and I think, um, like a teacher, if I was a teacher, I would probably just set my channel like everything's made for kids. Because most likely, if I have a video that I'm making for my students, I'm sharing that link for them. I'm not Mm -hmm. necessarily, like, expecting them to go and search YouTube to find the video. So, yeah. As far as teachers are concerned, yeah, I would just set it for kids. And then you're safe. I mean, there's if you have it set for kids, as long as you don't all of a sudden start, you know, swearing at your computer, I think you'll be fine.
0: So, yeah. So I think that was was the most straightforward (laughs) one. The, The next question I had for you was, what if you had a school YouTube account... What would your recommendations be for a school that potentially has, I don't know, maybe videos of, of kids in classrooms doing projects, but it also has like, I don't know, um, coming to our, you know, for parents, informational type videos for parents as well. You're going to have a real mix of content on there. What would be your recommendation for that?
2: Mm. Well, if you have kids in the video, it has to be marked for kids. kids. So that's something to think about. The other thing I think is the big picture. So the reason we had such a big discussion about it is because we know that people come across our stuff because they use the search button in YouTube. If you are, or the search bar on YouTube, if you're a school district and you're putting out your videos like... You're shoving them out through social media or something right, like or that. Right, or you're putting it in a s'more
1: that you're sharing out to yeah. your staff or your yeah. parents. Or, yeah, it's how you're sharing that link. Right. So, like, I think that's the biggest part if of it. If you're sharing
2: your link directly for mm-hmm. the most part, and that's how you're expecting people to come across your stuff, then I think you can just market as kids, and then you don't have to worry about it either. Yeah. Um, if you're doing stuff, like I can imagine like, um, you know, we we come across like keynoters and stuff that work for school districts. And people yeah. might go and search for that school district if that's part of your PR that you expect.
0: Your school branding and all yep. that kind of stuff, yep. selling your school. And- then
2: I would probably set my channel as choosing videos and choosing which video, you know, which setting you could do for each video.
0: Yeah, you can do mixed settings. Yes. You can- mm-hmm. yes.
2: Or even just
1: you're going to be promoting more your channel link rather than the video links Too like saying this is Mm Grantwood AA or school district and come to our website or come to our YouTube channel and then you'll find their videos there.
2: Right.
0: Yeah, because I think that's what we ended up doing with our digital learning channel, wasn't it? We didn't set it as channel-wide for made-for-kids, because I mean right. a lot of the content we'll do is is for teachers. It's mm-hmm. screencasts, or it's informational things, or it's in webinars and all that kind of stuff for right. teachers, but then, you know, the Think, Make, Innovate stuff threw a wrench in the works, because there yeah. was kids in those videos. Yeah, yeah. right.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we also did have the conversation of, if we're making it for teachers, and a teacher benefits a lot from it, and it's a tool they use in their classroom, they could easily share that link back to their students, right. and have it be a teaching tool for them so there could be this chain that goes on that we don't really know Mm -hmm. yeah it's a little
2: it's a little gray there's a lot going
0: on with youtube isn't there yes (laughs) and and it's one of those things that you know it's outside of the g suite education core apps but it's one of these things that everybody uses because it's youtube and it's super useful
2: and yeah and convenient. I'm not going to say the conversation didn't come up. Like, should we be using Vimeo instead? Yeah, yeah. Like, or just Drive, or just how's it videos through Drive? I mean, those were a couple of things that we thought about too. Like, let's just put it in Drive and we'll share the links. Like, why why use YouTube? But we also know that the search bar and YouTube is very powerful, and so that's why we had to stay where we stayed. What did you... Jonathan said it one day. He's like, so
1: you're just going to turn your back on the most giant <laughs> video platform <laughs> of the world? It's like, yes. yes. We really we thought are. about it. Mm-hmm. We, we did. I, We're not. You got to think about it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of those things... Even, you know, different things that we were incorporating in there come up in those flags of Mm -hmm. made for kids. Like, I think another one is like, are you using toys? Mm -hmm. Well, some of our makerspace stuff could be looked Mm -hmm. at as toys. As toys, yeah, for sure. uh, That could be used in the classroom. And so. Could easily come up as a flag for that if we didn't set it appropriately. Right. Like I think back to some of the early introductions, like (sighs) I'm looking at Dash right now where Jason is playing cards with Dash and he loses his shoes. And like, well, you know, that's going to be made for kids. And we were truly designing it in those early ones to be played right in front of a classroom Mm -hmm. to get started and get inspired. So, yeah, yeah.
0: So I guess the message here is, if this is all new to you, we apologize for dumping all this on you. But yeah, this is something I think teachers and schools need to be aware of. Uh, If you've had these conversations and come up with amazing solutions that we haven't yet thought of, we'd Mm -hmm. love to hear from you. Yeah, we would, because we
2: really grappled with it for a while. It's
0: a real kind of ethical dilemma type of thing here. Yeah, right. Yeah.
2: Um, Okay, anything else? about YouTube? Did we cover it all? I
0: feel like we covered don't it all. I think we solved
2: the world's problems, but yeah. at least we've...
0: It doesn't sound on the face of it that this is a complicated issue, but right. it just depends on what side of the fence right. you're on and what kind of content you're making. That's but right. Yep. Definitely give it some consideration.
2: Yeah, for sure. All right. Up next, my favorite part of the show, it's Tech Nuggets. Me first? Okay. That's sure. what that means. All right. So I don't know that I would call either one of my nuggets today tech. Uh-oh. Um, so one of them actually comes from Amber Bridge, sitting <laughs> to my left. Um, she shared this idea with me um, where it was a – well, actually, I think the purpose of the blog post was to sh- um, show how you could – Um, do professional development with your teachers, um, if you're in a coaching role or administration of some sort. And um, this blog post showed a wakelet where the images were QR codes. And those QR codes were um, links then to blog posts, some sort of learning around a topic. Which I thought was super interesting because I said to Amber, like, well, why wouldn't you just use a link? And she said, well, you don't have to put the, nobody has to type the link in. You just scan the QR code.
0: Ah, okay. And yeah. it
1: was also gave you the access to that Wakelet board. Right. So as you're doing more so research, once you, got in there, you could keep adding to that research right. collection as well.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Because every Wakelet board generates a QR code as well. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah.
2: Interesting. Okay. Oh, yeah. That's an interesting Something idea. Something different. Yeah. We, I mean, I feel like. Immersive Reader and Wakelet and Flipgrid and Seesaw, anything Google, those five things are my, those are my five.
0: Your go-to? Yeah, right. And
2: so anytime they, something a little bit different about those, like way to use them differently, I find that interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So thanks for sharing that with me, Amber. No problem. Mm
0: -hmm. A joint nugget? Sure. You shared that nugget between you?
2: Yeah. (laughs) Just half a nugget. Mm-hmm. Are double dipping here? <laughs> yeah. Oh, <that>? boy. <right. laughs> all
0: right. So uh, let's move on to my nugget, yep. which is called Video Ant. Yep. Now, I was lucky enough to be in Miami last week for FETC. Mm-hmm. And this was one that Kathy Shruck shared at FETC. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might remember there used to be, or there still is, there's a platform called Video Notes. Do you remember that where yeah, you put yes. the YouTube video in and you take notes next to it would timestamp mm-hmm. it? Well it's not dead. It kinda it
1: is dead. I've tried going to
0: it. It's got a different URL now. Oh, mm. all
1: right.
0: It kind of relaunched and rebranded and now you have to pay for it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, or course. you get like so many for free and yeah. then you have to buy extra videos to to have. So yep. this would be um for those people who um, maybe didn't uh see the end of video notes coming mm-hmm. too soon mm-hmm. it's called video ant and it was created by the university of minnesota mm-hmm. and basically it, it does a similar type of thing it lets you take notes next to a video mm-hmm. and it will have those um down this side and it'll put little annotation markers on the video for uh, where your where your notes were taken um so yeah, similar idea. It works on the web. It doesn't link up with a Google Doc like video notes did, mm. but um, it just lets you add um, annotations or comments to web hosted videos. So you just paste in the link and lets you keep all your videos together in this place. If you um, create an account here, they call those your ant farm.
1: Mm. Yeah, because you have
0: your, all your video ants in, in one place. Yeah. You can share your annotations in a variety of ways with just a link if you want. So maybe if you, um, wanted students to look at a video for a homework or something and then they were, you wanted to make sure that they did actually watch it and take some worthwhile notes on it, mm. they could submit the link to their video ant as well on mm. there. So. Yeah, just something a little bit different. Um, If you're looking for a discussion around a video, it's not collaborative, but then never what video notes was not collaborative either. Yeah. Good one. So thanks, Kathy Schrock.
2: Okay. So my next one is somewhat self-promotional. I love that.
0: Wow, shocker. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> so um, I I kind of had a hard time with Tech Nuggets this week. And so I was like, you know what? I um, did this thing, and I'll just share it out and see if anybody can get any use out of it. So um, I had a school district who's been reading Launch by A.J. Giuliani and John Spencer.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: and Which is um, a great book. Great read. It great, is a great, great book. So it's all about design thinking and how to... Um, Work through the different steps of design thinking with your students, and has lots of examples. And I think it's just a really usable book for um, educators, after educators. Sure. Yep. So, um, one of the things, though, when I was reading through it was, um, again, was looking at each one of those steps and thinking about, well, my goodness, you can't just start the beginning of design thinking and imagine that you and your students are going to be successful if you haven't built some of those thinking skills um, and some of that community within your classroom first. So I as I was looking through the different f- um, phases of this, I started thinking about instructional strategies um, and different things that teachers could do with their students to kind of um, build up some of those muscles. And um I believe that I've shared this site before, and I can't remember what the name of it is. But if you look at that doc, all of those instructional strategies actually come from, it's something with social studies, I feel like I know, I can't remember what the name of the um, site is. But it has all of these great instructional strategies. um, And they all like step by step of how to do it with your students. And so I just kind of organized those by the different um, phases with the launch cycle. So maybe you'll get some use out of it um and so we'll link it in the show notes and i don't know take a look at it see if it helps you. Yeah. it's a really cool doc and you should Let's check it out there.
1: there's lots of good gems in there and lots of good resources
0: there is a lot of good stuff in there yeah i was just getting lost here clicking on links and things but yes hard work mindy
2: well you know i don't know that anybody's ever looked at it but there it is it's just been living in it. my drive thanks amber mm-hmm. looked at it I shared it with her and was like, what do you think of this? Um, and I said, it's yeah. brilliant. Well, I don't know if it's brilliant, but it might be useful. I don't know.
0: Okay. <laughs> Something else that might be useful. Um, I'm going to throw this in there because I know Mindy is a fan of math manipulatives.
2: Mm, I am.
0: This one was shared at FETC2. Okay. It's called Polypad virtual manipulatives. It's from Mathagon.org. Okay. And they have a number of uh, virtual manipulatives and things you can put in here. So we've got things like uh, polygons. We have number tiles. And... uh, uh, we have number bars we have fraction bars which I think are always useful mm-hmm. I don't really know what algebra tiles are but they have algebra tiles on there too okay we didn't do those in 4th grade
2: algebra tiles I'm interested they, they got have tangrams they have tangrams
0: and pentominoes uh, you they can have all...
2: exploding dots I don't know what that means but I'm in
0: <laughs> yes They've got, like, uh, protractors. They've got inking tools. And, uh, you know, this whiteboard that you can draw and stuff on here. So
1: For all the math people.
0: For all the math people. Oh, yeah. So that's what I was trying to do. On the fraction bars, for instance, if you select, like, two halves, you can uh, drag it out (laughs) to the right and make it, like, three halves. Or, you know, you can do some improper fractions and things, too. Mm. Same with the number tiles. You can bring in, like, a... Like a 10 block or something. And then you can uh, tap on it. And then if you drag the, the bit on the end, you can like resize it and represent that 10 block in different ways, mm. which is kind of interesting too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's still 10 block, but it's just a different looking 10 block. So uh, it's free. There is no sign in required.
2: But you can sign in. Did you look at the sign-in stuff? But and then it, sign in stuff? You can sign in. Yeah. And then yes. they've got courses that you can like. Work your way through.
0: Yes, there's courses and huh. activities. There's other different manipulatives on this Mathagon yeah. website. But, uh, yeah, I thought this huh, polypad might be another one to add. Maybe oh we should God. have a list of, like, virtual manipulatives. Because we had the National Library of Virtual Manipulatives. And then there's yeah. what the Toy Box. One? What was that, Toy oh, One? yeah. Toy mm-hmm. Math or Toy, toy Box? Good. Toy Theater.
2: Toy Theater.
0: It was called Toy Theater. Mm-hmm. So similar to that one.
1: Yes. Someone that I follow on Twitter, his name is Paul Hamilton, at Paul Hamilton8. He's from the Sunshine Coast of Australia. Oh. So he's from down under. Mm-hmm. Hopefully they're doing all right down mm-hmm. there. Uh, I saw him tweet this out and I thought it was really cool. Um, basically, he's like, Did you know that Reality Composer is a free app for the iPad? No. I did not. And so I thought that was pretty cool. Um, He is showing in the tweet that I have linked uh, basically what looks like a marble run slash Rube Goldberg kind of thing that you can create in AR Mm -hmm. and just have it live and try out in the room. And so I feel like the biggest so it
2: lives in the room kind of like that AR marker thing that we used to like brush thing. Say that's a really good question. Deep dive okay. question I don't know the okay. answer to. Um that would be
1: amazing. Yeah. But, you know, you think about Marble Runs or Rib Goldbergers, and they take up a lot of space yes, and they're like up right. forever. Mm-hmm. And so this would be like a way to do that virtually to yeah. actually not have it take up that physical space in your room, mm-hmm. but still give kids that amazing benefit of it. Yeah. Huh. So I thought it was really That's interesting. Really cool. What's the name of the app again? It's called Reality Composer. Mm-hmm. So it's something we'll that I've been that. wanting to check mm-hmm. out and go down that path. So. Yeah. so
0: I believe it is actually an app from Apple.
1: Mm. And it's
0: part of, like, um, an app that developers can use to experiment with, like, AR-type mm. um, programs that yeah. you might be creating as apps. But shows here, Paul has done an awesome job of uh, experimenting with it himself, too. So. so the
2: Composer part is the thing that is from Apple? Like, the AR, I mean, like, that makes me think AR Kit, right? When they put that out, oh, right. people could just take it and use it. So
0: The app is called Reality Composer, and it's from Apple.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, but it's a, it is a
0: free app for sure. Yes. Okay. Might be worth Something experimenting Something to check out with. a little bit yeah, more. i depth
1: and to take a look at that and see what's going on yeah. there. Okay. But he's really interesting to follow online too. Mm-hmm. shares out a lot of he cool a, stuff. Inspiring things. For yes, him. he does. Nice. I
0: follow him too.
2: I'm following him now. opening up <laughs> Twitter. I love to be <laughs> on there. Okay.
0: I'll share one last one for fun. All right. Because I thought there was a funny story that went with this. I shared this <laughs> while I was at FETC. It's called the Emoji Mosaic and it will take any picture that you upload to this website Mm -hmm. and turn it into an emoji mosaic. Now, I sent it out in our Voxer group while I was away at FETC, Mm -hmm. and um, Mindy just thought it was like a mosaic picture of herself. Which I
2: thought was super weird. Mm -hmm. I think Amber was with me when I got it. I'm like, well, this is weird that Wiley's making a mosaic out of me. I don't understand, but But fine, whatever. I thought it was interesting he chose your picture. (laughs) (laughs) Your profile picture. I I know. It was super, yeah. If you zoom in
0: really close, you can see the picture is made up of a bunch of different emojis. Right. And yours was what? Mainly? Mostly
2: poop. (laughs) Uh, actually yeah it was monkeys and shoes which is interesting but i um i must i had dark color on like a dark sweater or something so i think it's mostly browns but it's matching tones from the emojis super interesting if you zoom in on it to see the different i don't know then i was really intrigued and thought it was super cool so thanks for using my picture i appreciate it but at the time i thought it was weird
0: so there you go yeah (laughs) i'll put a link to it if you want to try the emoji mosaic
2: all right Thank you for your tech nuggets. Thank you for your tech nuggets. Thank yeah. you for being here, Amber. Yeah, Absolutely, yeah. helping
0: us navigate the YouTube minefield.
2: Yeah, anytime. Minefield is right. Am I signing us off? Because I don't have my I iPad don't, up anymore. Not have
0: anything on the dock oh, for don't. signing us off.
2: Well, here we go. You can always reach out to us on the Twitters at dlgwaa or you can email us at podcast at I am at Team Carney and Jonathan is at Jonathan Wiley. Amber is at a. Bridge. Smith. Smith. Yep. I just want to make sure I got it right. You did. you um, That's all. Yeah. Okay. So until then, this has been the EdTech Takeout. We hope it hit the spot. I'll just go ahead and sign us out completely.
0: For more information on today's episode, please visit DL gwaea.org slash podcast.